0: And we're talking about different giving, but as you're turning there, I just want to ask you, uh, does anyone else have one of these? Okay. Uh, it's a phone, and I just want you to think, when's the last time you took a picture on your phone? Okay. Some of you may have taken a picture this morning. Uh, maybe this, uh, in the last 24 hours, there's a good chance you may have taken a picture. And uh, sometimes you'll do one of these pictures. What's that called? That's a selfie, okay. Okay. And uh, there's lots of selfie pictures. If you would have asked a few years ago, have you done a selfie? And people would be like, what? But we know what a selfie is. You're just taking a picture of yourself. Did you realize that uh, sometimes taking a picture of yourself, make it, doing a selfie, can be dangerous? Did you know that? They've studied that there's like been 330 people die from taking selfies. Do you see what he's doing? He's on a railroad, taking a picture of this train that's coming, he's pointing himself, pointing to it. I don't know if this one died or not, but 330 people have died in the last few years from simply taking selfies from the, the most cool place or the exotic, or you know, they're standing on the edge of a cliff, and all kinds of, they're just walking into stuff, uh, and they're dying. Uh, in Mumbai, India, they actually, the government has posted no selfie zones because people are getting hurt, hit by cars. They're, they're dying because of their taking their pictures of themselves and not realizing what is happening around them. Sky Jathani, in his book, What If Jesus Was Serious, he says, what if Jesus was serious? If Jesus was serious, then, he, then we will value intimacy more than publicity. Sometimes we're trying to create an image out there in cyberspace or around others, and his goal is that we should take value intimacy more than publicity. In our text for today, in, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives us a warning about doing things to be seen by others and challenging and encouraging us to really please our Father who can see things that other people cannot. And so as we look at these four verses today, Matthew 6, 1 through 4, the first two verses, Jesus gives a warning. The the second two verses, Jesus gives us an an encouragement. So I just want to read these verses. We're going to walk through uh, both this warning as well as this encouragement. Jesus, these are the words of Jesus. And if you haven't been with us recently, we're just walking step by step through this beautiful Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. So we're about midway through this sermon. We're going to take it up almost to Easter as we walk through these three chapters uh, that Jesus preached. And so uh, if you have those uh, letters, red letters in your Bible, these would be red letters that Jesus spoke that we believe. And so here it is, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. human praise forfeits our Father's reward. Pursuing human praise forfeits our Father's reward. That's what he says. He says to be careful not to practice your righteousness. This is a warning that Jesus gives. And Jesus gives these warnings throughout Matthew's gospel. He gives two warnings here in the Sermon on the Mount. Here's, here's the first one. Watch out not to practice your, thing, your righteousness to be seen by others, to, to draw attention to yourself. Do it for God's glory. And the second warning he gives is in chapter 7, verse 15. Where Jesus says, watch out or beware. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. So Jesus gives lots of warnings to us in the Scriptures. The latter half of those warnings in Matthew's Gospel is watch out for the teaching of the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, that leaven of the Pharisees. Be on your guard against some of those things. So Jesus has warnings. He wants what's best for us. He wants to protect us. From harm, so he's going to warn us here. He also pulls on this theme of righteousness quite a bit in this sermon. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others. He bookends chapter chapter six bookends with righteousness here in verse one, verse thirty three, Matthew six. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I think he's talking about food and clothing and things like that. But you pick it up even earlier in those Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Then in verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven you go down to verse 20 Matthew 5 for I tell you unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law you certainly will not enter the kingdom of heaven Jesus highlights righteousness and he wants us to hunger thirst he recognizes you will get beat up for doing some things that follow my way he also wants us to pursue that deeper righteousness chapter five twenty. And then he warns us, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by others. So what is this righteousness that he's talking about? What do you mean, Jesus? In chapter 6, he highlights three different ways of of righteous ways of living. One in our text here, when you give to the needy. Giving to the needy there in verse 2. When you give to the needy. The next time in chapter 6, verse 5 is prayer. And when you pray, and he's going to teach about prayer, we're going to spend next Sunday talking about the Lord's Prayer and his teaching on prayer. Thank you, Dixie, for reminding us the value of prayer. We want to be a praying church. And I think one reason that we see a full house today is that we've been praying a lot in the last few weeks, haven't we? Praise God. God is moving. And I don't know if you've followed anything that's happening in Kentucky the last couple of weeks. Asbury University revival happening, people are just praying and confessing and singing at that college campus. People are coming from all over, and it's not smoke and mirrors and lights. It's just people reading scripture and praying, and it's pretty beautiful. So check into that, but that's something that God is doing. So when you pray, and then verse 16, when you fast. So giving to the needy Praying, fasting, these are three different ways that people can live out righteous ways with Jesus. But Jesus gives the warning, when you do that, don't do it in front of others to be seen by others. You do it for your Father who sees what is done in secret and He will reward you. That phrase is repeated in all three of those. The giving to the needy, the prayer, as well as your fasting So there's these reminders. But let's be honest. Didn't Jesus earlier say, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven? That's Matthew 5, verse uh, 16. And so now here in chapter 6, verse 1, he says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by others. What do you mean, Jesus? Which way is it? Am I supposed to do this so other people can see? Or am I supposed to hide this so people don't see? Well, the goal is to live for Jesus, to practice your righteousness. We know that. I think he's getting at the heart. What's behind your motive? Who do you want to get the glory? Are you wanting to make yourself look good? Or do you want to make God look good? Do you want to make Jesus famous? Or do you want to be famous? I think that's what he's getting at here. Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes in his book Celebrate... No, uh, not Celebration of Discipline. That's the other Christian book we've been reading. The cost of discipleship. Thank you. The cost of discipleship. He writes this. From whom are we to hide the visibility of our discipleship? Certainly not from other men, for we are told to let our light shine. No. We are to hide it from ourselves. We need to get ourselves out of the way when we're following Jesus. Danger for ourselves. Ourselves. Michael Jordan, still, in my opinion, the best basketball player to ever play the game. But LeBron James is making a pretty good case for himself, we'll be honest, okay? Regardless of what you think, uh, Michael Jordan turned 60 this week. I just wonder if he could still dunk. (laughs) Can he? Really? Wow. So, uh, 60 years old, he's celebrating his birthday by donating $10 million to Make-A-Wish foundation doing a lot of good things for a lot of good people Uh, and his goal was to inspire others to follow to help make kids wishes come true very admirable how does that connect I wonder with what Jesus says so when you give to the needy do not announce it with trumpets That's the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others truly I tell you They receive the reward in full. Jesus is warning warning us against ourselves and who's going to get the glory and the praise. He says, do not announce it like the hypocrites do. In the Greek theater, the hypocrites were described as the people that would be in the play and they'd have masks on. And they'd have a mask on here and a mask on there. And they'd play different parts. The same person would play different characters in the play. And the Greeks would say, that's hypocrites. That's just, you had a mask. Had a mask and you had a mask. And so I just wonder, do we have our masks? Put a mask on here to look good in this situation, church. Different mask from when we go to work. Different mask from when we're at home. Different mask for at school different masks for this situation when we go out on the weekends? Or do we just have us, warts and all? Jesus was warning us, I think, against ourselves. I think that's really the heart of the Sermon on the Mount. Watch out for what's in your hearts. And are you trying to put on a show for someone? Or are you just trying to just say, I'm just trying to follow Jesus? He warns against those Hypocrites there in Matthew chapter 23. Jesus has some pretty stern words. Matthew chapter 23, verses 27 and 28. He's gonna say, Woe to you, teachers of the law, Pharisees, you hypocrites, you people to have masks on. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Danger of just putting on a show for someone else. One of our young people read a short story this week, or recently, and shared it with me. It's by Henry Van Dyke called The Mansion. Henry Van Dyke was a Princeton-educated uh, fella. Uh, became um, he's a preacher. Taught in Paris for a year. Taught, came back to Princeton. Was classmates in college with Woodrow Wilson, and he sent him to be the ambassador to the Netherlands. And he wrote a lot of things, literature and stuff. And so he wrote a short story called "The Mansion." And the mansion, it's not really a very short story. It took me several minutes to read it. But in this story, it's about a man whose name is John Waitman. John Waitman was wealthy, and he was, I'd say he'd be like a philanthropist. You know, he gave lots of money to charities, and, and he's like, You've got to be very discerning. When people come asking you for money, you want to make sure you're giving to a worthy cause and make sure that they're doing what they say they're doing and kind of, which is, that sounds good. Very good. And he's like, and he also kind of is on the back of his mind of wanting some kind of name recognition and getting good credit for what he's doing too. And so in this story, John Waitman has this, I think it's a vision. He goes to heaven. Okay. Angels showing them around. Uh, the different uh, mansions in heaven. And I think there's a doctor with them. Maybe there's a preacher. Uh, and so they're just seeing people's mansions. And they, there's some pretty nice mansions in heaven. And, and John Waitman kind of sees this one. And that looks nice. And you know, just really just big houses. And, and uh, the doctor goes into his house. He's like, John, I'm sure your house is going to be great. I'm going to kind of get set up here. I'll come visit you down the way. And so John and the angel go to his um, his mansion. And it's up on the hill, and it's run down, and it's just made of like tattered, worn out, discarded materials, leftovers. I mean, it's a shack. And uh, John Waitman's like talking to angel, he's like, there's, there's some mistake here. I mean, I saw the doctor, I saw all these, I'm, my house should, I mean, I'm just as good as these guys. Uh, what's, what's the rub here? You've got to be mistaken. I've given, uh, you know, I gave my money to build a school and hospital and two, no, three small churches and, and another big church. And I made this, the, helped give the spire to St. Pedro. The, the angel's like, yeah, yeah, those were all good things you did. But they just counted where you wanted them credited for. You just got credit for them where you were laying your foundation. And he's like, yeah, 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 but, but there were other things. My endowment to the college and my steady and liberal contributions to the charities. I mean, those were all, everything I did was good. Yeah, yeah, you've had your reward for them. Do you want to be paid twice? Would you be paid twice? You wanted your name on those things and you have your reward already. Should you be paid a second time? And then he starts to kind of feel some emotions and starts to cry and says, since my life has been worth so little, how did I even get here then? And the angel says, through the mercy of the king. And how have I earned it? It's never earned. It's only given, came the clear low reply but how have I failed so wretchedly in all, my, in all the purpose of my life? What could I have done better? What is it that counts here? Only that which is truly given, answered the bell-like voice. Only that good which is done for the love of doing it. Only those plans in which the welfare of others is the master thought. Only those labors in which the sacrifice is greater than the reward. Only those gifts in which the giver forgets himself. What did Dietrich Bonhoeffer say? We're to hide these gifts from ourselves. So when you give, Jesus says, don't announce it with trumpets to be honored by others. No, you receive your reward in full. But when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Only that sacrifice, which the, only those labors which the sacrifice is greater than the reward. Sounds a little bit like Jesus. Laid down his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus warns us, pursuing human praise... Forfeits our Father's reward. Here's the encouragement. Pursuing our Father secures His reward. Pursuing our Father in heaven secures His reward. Verses 3 and 4. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that, I talked about that little word last week, when you see those words, there's a purpose here. Pay attention. Here's the reason why. So that your giving may be in secret. Leviticus 19. It's also on page 95 in the Pew Bible. I'd love for you to follow there. Leviticus 19. So it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Third book of the Bible. Chapter 19. We talked about this last week when we talked about love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's in verse 18. I want to pick it up a little bit earlier before that. Leviticus 19, verses 9 and 10. These are just some of those uh, instructions that that God gives to his people. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. For some of us, we're like, what do you mean by that? He's like, don't reap everything that you've sown. You leave the edges for those who are in need so that they've got some food. When you're picking out your grapes, you leave a few grapes. Don't go over it all the way through. Just go through it once, and then whatever's left, there's some people that are going to be in need. They can have those. Jesus is God has a heart for those who are in need. Our friends in Inner City Mission, here's how they describe uh, showing love and, and giving to people in need. He says, we give people what they need for eternal hope and joy. Giving people what they need for eternal hope and joy. That's the, how they describe their work in Springfield at Inner City Mission. When we give to the needy. I'm still I'm excited for those who have participated in our hygiene kits, you recall last week I said, "Hey, we're going to do a quick hitter, uh, just a one-week collection for the school." The school came and said, "Hey, we've got some some hygiene issues at the school. Would you help us?" And so I'm thankful that we've got a good relationship with our school. That they uh, reached out to me, uh, I was able to uh, to communicate that uh, to you guys, and you guys have responded. It's cool, cool seeing that big mountain of uh, deodorant, shampoo and toothpaste and things like that. And I sent that out to some other churches in our community and, and our friends at Loami Christian I know are, are, are joining in with us. So they're going to be packing up some hygiene kits, I think, today as well. So we celebrate that. And I just want to say thank you for that. That's one way to live out what we're talking about here. And you're not coming in saying, okay, look here, look, here's what I gave. No, you just come and just put it where it belongs. It was cool this last week. Uh, I came here uh, Sunday afternoon. So, you know, told you Sunday morning church. Sunday afternoon, there was already like deodorant and shampoo here. Just within hours. Monday, we send out the note. Hey, here's what we're collecting. Just within minutes, we had an online order from one of our friends from out of state that watches online and says, okay, there's online coming. Uh, it'll be shipped there later in the week. I go home for lunch on, I think it's still Monday, uh, and there were 13 pre-filled kits on my dining room table that someone else had dropped by. Before I left that, came back to church that afternoon, there was more coming in. Isn't that exciting just to see how God's people rally to meet the needs? So I just want to say, God bless you, thank you, and it's going to be a fun way to take these gifts to the school. And if you want to take it kind of the next step, we're going to have lunch, so stick around for lunch. Uh, after lunch, we'll organize those kits and put them in gallon Ziploc bags, and we'll just do it right here in the lobby. If you want to help, help in that way, uh, I'd welcome that. I don't want to have to do all of that by myself, but I will if I have to. But there'll be another way that we can partner by packing up those bags, and we'll take them to the school tomorrow. And I uh, just pray that God would advance his kingdom through this tangible act of love to our neighbors and those who are in need. And so I commend you for that. But God wants us to help those in need. That's a mark of a Christian is that we care for those who are in need. We watch out for our neighbors, that we give generously. And that's at the heart of Jesus. Here's another way that the Jesus describes this giving. If you go to Matthew 25, I just want to take you to Matthew 25. Verses 31 and following, it's on page 807 if you want to follow along. Matthew 25, 31 to 46 says, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be done in secret. And then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That's our background. And then Jesus says this, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate people as one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left then the king will say to those on his right come you who are blessed by my father take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison. You came to visit me. Lord, the righteous will answer. You hear that, righteous? Watch out that you don't practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. But the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When do we see a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then you go on down to verse 46. Then they will, the righteous will go on to eternal life. Those who didn't will go to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life possible that we could give a hygiene kit to Jesus this week. Needed some deodorant. He gave me some deodorant in the name of Jesus. Here's what I want to say today. Pursue our Father who sees all instead of all who see us. Pursue our Father who sees all instead of all who see us. John Calvin says, the theater of God is in hidden corners. We don't do these things to be seen by others. We just do them because we love our Father. We love Jesus. And we leave the results to God. He knows what we're doing. He can always see. And he'll do what's right. And he is generous and gracious. And he will reward also invite you to think about this week uh, on wednesday it begins the season of lent lent is those uh, those weeks leading up to easter and i want to encourage you with this practice to pray for one person and i want to try my best to pray for one person every day and i want you to i want you to pick one person and pray for that same person for the 40 days of lent or however many days it is and here's what I want you to think about, 47. So those 47 days of Lent, I want you to pray for this one person. And it's, the person I want you to pray for is someone that doesn't know Jesus or maybe needs to come back to Jesus because they're in need as well. And I want you to just use that as an exercise. Maybe you want to do some other things, some fasting or whatever God puts on your heart to prepare for easter but i really want you to be praying for the those weeks leading up to easter for that one person that they would get one step closer to jesus and with the intent that you invite them to easter services or or church if they're in this area or maybe they're somewhere else that they need to find a christ follower to disciple them but i want you to pray for one person the next few weeks We've had these 21 days of prayer that are keep going. I hope that you're praying with some people still. And I just want to th- want you to say, God, who's the one person that you want me to be praying for? And we've already heard testimonies that God answers his, his people's prayers. And there's a good chance that come Easter Sunday, there might be someone here for the very first time. Maybe that next week or two later, we're putting them in the baptistry and we're, we're b- baptizing them into the name of Jesus to be a disciple of him receive gift of salvation. But I really want to challenge you with that opportunity as we think about those who are in need. They need the salvation of Jesus. I shared one uh, story uh, from Henry Van Dyke. I want to give you one last quote. Uh, And he says this about time. Time is too slow for those who wait, too swift for those who fear, too long for those who grieve, too short for those who rejoice, but for those who love, time is eternity. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move in our church. We thank you for seeing so many people here today. We thank you for hearing our prayers. I thank you for Uh, people that have generously given to these hygiene kits. I pray that they would bless people in the name of Jesus this week through our partnership with the school and a sister church. Lord, I know we're going to see someone in need this week, so give us the wisdom to bless them and to provide for them, to encourage them with the truth. And Lord, right now, we pray you to reveal one person to us that needs you and that come Wednesday, we'll start praying for them. And Lord, I want to pray that you would just remind us to the danger of ourselves so that we can just pursue you with reckless abandon. You're our audience. We're not performing for anyone else. We just want to love you and honor you all the days of our lives. Thank you for your unfailing love and grace. Amen.